coming up on the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. Making it a fun game was really important to me because when something is fun, the brain stays curious, it pays attention, it wants to be involved. And so it's really about how to, how to make this accessible for anybody. You know, for really little kids, the ball is always a hit. For, for somebody who's older, senior, working on their balance, they probably haven't played with the ball in years. And it's hysterical for them to be playing catch for the first time in maybe 20, 30, 40 years. And for athletes that are already using a ball, for example, they already, they already have to have these skills. And so you can find where they have gaps in where their eyes can move that are playing a role in their athletic performance. Hello, and welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I'm Brian Grin, and I'm here to give you actionable tips to get your body back to what it once was 5, 10, even 15 years ago. Each week, I'll give you an in-depth interview with a health expert from around the world to cut through the fluff and get you long-term sustainable results. This week, I interviewed the inventor of Brain Speedball, Trent McIntyre. Trent's mission is to deliver his methods and tools to children who struggle with focus, seniors who've lost their balance and mobility, individuals experience neurological conditions, and athletes who have suffered concussions and injuries. The Fire Up Your Brain program was created by Trent as a fun, engaging, and affordable way to support this mission. We discuss all different types of applications for the Brain Speedball. I actually just got mine today, and I'm excited to use it. So definitely check out this interview. It's geared towards kids, seniors, athletes, or anyone looking to excel both in life and sport and enhance their cognitive brain activity. So thanks so much for listening and enjoy the interview. All right. Welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. My name is Brian Grin, and I have the creator of Brain Speedball, Trent McIntyre. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. All the way from Michigan, right? Not too far from Chicago. Um, have you been there your whole life? Yeah, I was born and raised here. I grew up on a small farm and then just moved into a, a bigger part of the population of the state later on after college. Excellent. And uh, yeah, I actually... Uh, Met Trent through a um, through a mutual source, and uh, I was very curious about his uh, his techniques and his and his company called FireUpYourBrain.com. Uh, perhaps before we get into all that, um, maybe let everyone know a little bit your story, how you got into creating this brain speedball, and sort of what led you down that route. Yeah, well, it's it's really about my my own personal journey and it becoming something that helps others. Um, so I, I was born with a class one cerebral palsy, and um, that's there's a lot of people born with a class one. It's class one is like you don't really know by looking at somebody that there's really any movement limitations, but there are. There's some pretty significant ones, um, but I didn't know it. I grew up not knowing that I had a reason to feel the way I felt. I was always really stiff and um, pretty sore and had a lot of pain from all the limitation, but I eventually. You know, I was I was athletic, so I just sort of like made it work with basketball, and then I got into dance, and dance became something that made me feel better because there's so much stretching, and it became therapeutic on top of being able to be an athlete. Um, and I had some skill and some talent at it, and I ended up going to college and getting a scholarship. And for me, coming from my small town, that was like my way out to make something of my life. And so I followed that pathway, and when I got to college, I you know, being one of just a couple men in the program, I was dancing a lot and it was a pretty demanding schedule. 
And I woke up one morning and I could barely walk to the shower. I had inflammation and pain from the knees down that I thought, man, this is, this is it. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to get over. This is pretty severe feeling. And, um, I went, I was, I happened to coincide with a break. Um, so I was home for Christmas and I was just kind of complaining to my mom. I was like, I don't get why this is happening. Like, it's like really specific on both legs from the knees down, all this pain and inflammation. And I don't get it. And she's like, well, Trent, that's because you were born with cerebral palsy. And so I was 19 when I was first told that there would be a reason why I'd feel the way I felt. And she's like, don't you remember when you were three? And I was like, nah, I don't really remember three, but yeah, they, they put casts on your legs because my heels couldn't touch the ground. And so they, the doctors put casts on my legs to force my heels down so that I would have some range of motion in my ankles. Um, and that's when I remembered having the cast. I had this like flash memory of being in the snow and having garbage bags on my legs to protect them from getting wet. Um, and that was the start of my curiosity and how to overcome movement limitations. And I, I went on to use my, my training and my degree with kinesiology and movement sciences and anatomy and all of these um, really helpful pieces to rehab my own injury. And going through the process of discovering it and then rehabbing my own injury really launched the whole thing. That's kind of like the first arm of it. Excellent. And uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, so you created um, the Brain Speedball in 2015. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And maybe explain to people, because obviously there's people, Some maybe some people watching, but most people probably listening. Um what is the brain speed ball, sp the brain's speed ball, say that 20 times. And, uh, <laughs> and how, how does it, you know, work as far as helping, um, you know, seniors, athletes and kids, I noticed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I'll, I'll kind of tell the story of how it became yeah. a thing and that might help people understand it. Um, so after I rehabbed my own injury, I went on to dance professionally and, and had a lot of success there, but, um, I, I have never, I'd never been able to read without falling asleep. Um, I get like one sentence into reading a book and fall asleep. Um, and in fact, you know, the solution in school was like, uh, he has a hard time reading, so give him more reading. But it wasn't that I couldn't comprehend what I was reading. It was that physically my eyes didn't work well together. And in my 30s, I discovered um, by working with a vision therapist that my eyes didn't work well together. And and I did a couple exercises at a conference one time and I was like, man, like my back even feels better and I have better range of motion in my neck and my shoulders aren't as tight just from doing these eye exercises. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in doing some research and finding the, this correlation between eye movement and eye exercise in like just about every other <laughs> output we have movement wise, focus, balance, athletic performance are tied to the eyes. And, you know, a lot of the a lot of the resources, well, I think all of the resources at the time for eyes weren't fun. They weren't, they weren't a game. They weren't fun. That wasn't something you could just do easily yeah. for a few minutes. And so that's when I decided to invent the brain speed ball. And that's, that's, it's a, like a nine inch ball for those of you, if you're watching the video, if you're yeah. not seeing a video, then I'll describe it to you. It's a, it's a orange ball. It's a bright orange ball. It's about nine inches and it has a through Z and one through 12 printed on it. And so Brian, like you and I would play a game of catch. And as you're catching the ball, you're watching it come into your hand. So you're tracking it with your eyes mm -hmm. and that eye tracking piece of it 
is what is tied directly to your brain performance. And so if we can get your eyes to be stronger in multiple ranges of motion, then we have better focus. Seniors have better balance. We get athletes to run faster, jump higher, have less injuries because of that crazy tie between the eyes and, and the brain. And so then what we do is as you're catching the ball and you're tracking it, you're going to say out loud what you see. So you catch the ball and then you see it's a P, so you say it out loud. We go back and forth, you catch it again, 10, and you say it out loud. And what happens is we're tapping into a, a cycle that your brain is already using, which is it's sensing what's going on in the world. You're deciding what to do about it, and then you act on it. So that sense, decide, act cycle is already happening in the brain. But when you are catching it and saying it out loud, you're tapping into that cycle and reinforcing that brain processing cycle. And so that's where the brain speed ball kind of gets its name because we're trying to improve uh, how strong and coordinated your eyes are, but also tapping into how your brain already naturally processes, but making it a fun game and not something that's boring that nobody ever wants to do. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Did what brought you, because obviously there's a lot of, shouldn't say there's a, quite a bit of like um, maybe brain or eye enhancement uh, things on the market. How did you come about uh, with the brain speedball? What sort of led you to, to invent that? Well, it's really about movement. There's a lot of eye drills and exercises that exist, but they're not really movement based and they're not really using movement to, to show that before and after results. And so, you know, you're playing this game from like one to five minutes and we can do a before and after test. And you can feel and you can literally see the improvement and measure it. So um, mm. making it a fun game was really important to me because when something is fun, the brain stays curious, it pays attention, it wants to be involved. And so it's really about how to, how to make this accessible for anybody. You know, for really little kids, the ball is always a hit. For, for somebody who's older, senior working on their balance, they probably haven't played with the ball in years. And it's hysterical for them to be playing catch for the first time in maybe 20, 30, 40 years. And for athletes that are already using a ball, for example, they already, they already have to have these skills. And so you can find where they have gaps in where their eyes can move that are playing a role in their athletic performance. Interesting. And who, who's this gear, ball geared towards? I know we talk about, you know, kids, seniors and athletes, but if people are like, um, just wanting to enhance, um, like brain health and, and, and eye health, is that like pretty much geared towards almost anyone I would imagine? <clears throat> yeah. But you know, I'll kind of, I'll tell you a couple of stories of how people are using it. Um, yeah. you know, I got a, I got a call from a mom actually in Chicago, um, that I'd never met who, who was given a brain speed ball by a friend for her, but her daughter, um, found it and started coming up with games on her own, bouncing against the wall and kind of calling it out loud and making up word associations and various things. And she called me and said, Trent, I have to tell you, like, this ball changed our, our life because my daughter, who's 13, for the first time, can sit and do her homework. So for them, it was about focus. Mm -hmm. And imagine the, the dynamic in the family when, you know, it's stressful. If you have kids and, and they, they can't or won't or aren't doing their homework, it becomes like the family's household stress every day. It's a battle. And so for them, that's, that's the shift to help for them, which is amazing. You know, um, we've had... Um, I've had a, a, a friend and client that had a traumatic brain injury. Um, he was on a motorcycle and he was going 70 miles an hour and hit a cement wall head first about a 45 degree angle and broke like 20 some bones. Wow. It's pretty severe. Um, I, I intersected his care when he had just 
um, let go of any kind of walking device, like no cane and no crutches, no wheelchair. Um, and kind of like what he calls a drunk penguin kind of walked into my space. Um, we played for less than 10 minutes and his walk looked totally normal and it stayed that way. It never went back. And he, he eventually was able to go back to work full time and restore his quality of life and, you know, get everything back. So, you know, for each person it's different, but you know, it's, it, it's amazing that it can be contextualized because we all have eyes. We all have a brain, you know, most of us, you know, <laughs> sometimes I question it for myself, but um, you know, and it's something that um, we're just tapping into what already exists. You know, I didn't invent the correlation. I just am identifying the fact that if we can make it a game, we can get really powerful and fast results for people. And then what about for athletes? I, uh, I actually coach golf. I wonder if it has oh, any, yeah. <clears throat> Oh yeah, that. that. <laughs> it's fun for golfers because, you know, um, the, the last thing that I, that I do with my golfers is tell them how to golf and tell them how to stand and tell them how to look, and tell them how to swing because it's um, micromanaging the brain and technique is never a good idea. Um, but if I can increase how strong their eyes are and literally the range of motion that they have, then it improves the swing naturally. Um, I had a golfer years ago um, who didn't know that I don't golf. I mean, I, I swing a club at a driving range, but I, I don't golf. Right. I don't have golf skill. I'm not a golf instructor by any means. He didn't know that. I said, yeah, let's work on your golf. He's like, okay. So that's what I used. I used the brain speed ball and these eye exercises and going through that brain cycle. And his golfing kept improving and improving and improving. Like, man. And I said, I got to tell you something. I don't golf. I don't, I don't even really know how to golf. He's like, what? How can you help me? I was like, because it's not about your golf. It's about your senses. We got to get your senses stronger so that your brain gets better information. Hmm. Kind of blew his mind. It was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. <clears throat> what other gaps could it fill? Like, especially people aging. And like, obviously, um, I had, um, I'm like drawing a blank on his name. I've had a lot of guests, <laughs> but he, um, and myopia. I believe was his website um, and myopia.org. Um, but either way, uh, any ways to sort of help and maybe prevent even getting glasses? Well, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of research that shows that eye exercises help to improve visual acuity, like how clear we see. Um, my focus is really based on helping uh, quality of life and balance and movement and filling in the, the things that, that really become an issue as we age. Um, you know, I, I do have some people that I work with that are very curious and push a lot in the direction of visual acuity. It's just, I find we get such big results, especially for seniors. I mean, somebody who's, who's aging, about to be a senior, who is a senior, and even in, into their 80s or, you know, 90s, I've got clients. Mm. Um, it's really like, you know, they, they're walking and they miss a curb and they fall. And they're like, how did I miss that curb? Well, you could literally not see it. If, if your eyes weak and you're not really able to see it then you don't realize it's there and so improving what you can see then helps your body know what terrain you're navigating on the move and then when it comes to balance i mean the fall prevention is huge as you age that's that's like that's yeah. it right there that's really where you want to not be falling and that that's directly connected to your eyes and your inner ear that inner ear is where your balance lives and so all this eye and head movement um, strengthens that system so that you can prevent that. So with the ball, is this something that you, you do maybe every day, every other day, or is there some type of protocol that you have for it? 
yeah, a few minutes a day, you know, depending on how, how, what your goal is and how big of a thing you're trying to achieve, but definitely daily. I mean, I, I have one on each of my desks, whether I'm at home or am I in my office? Um, because for me, I'm doing a lot of screen time. And so that's, I need to, I need to get out of screen time. I need to have something that's not just my eyes staring at this little space in front of me. Um, cause then, you know, then your body hurts and you get a headache and things like that. So I use it kind of as, as a, uh, uh, support for sitting a long time if I have to have one of those days. Um, but just a few minutes a day, it's, it's, it's really simple. It's, this isn't something you have to, you don't have to be a brain scientist to, to know how to play. And you just, it's, it's pretty simple. And is it, uh, so you could play, obviously th- throw it up against the wall or just play a catch yeah. with someone else pretty much. Is that the, the two options? Yeah. There's hundreds of ways to play, but yeah. you can, you can play games that are against the wall by yourself. And you could play with a friend or family member. Or I wonder if there's a, so is there like a way to test if you've improved? I mean, obviously if you're doing it for a sport, maybe you can tell a little bit of it. I mean, I'm a big golfer, so maybe I'll try it for that. Um, yeah. I have every other training aid for golf, so I might as well get one more. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, for golf, I would do, I would, I would, I would pick a swing or pick, pick a something you're doing that you're working on that, mm-hmm. that has a challenge okay. and do like five or 10 of them in a row. And then play with the brain speed ball for three or four minutes and then go back and repeat the same thing. So I like to do before and after tests. So you, you're testing the same thing so you can see if you're getting, a, if you can move the needle and make a change happen. And ultimately, you know, there's, there's a couple of rules to follow when you're playing the game. You know, first of all, it, it's got to be fun because if it's not fun, then the brain's not going to stay curious. You're not going to want to keep going. And you really are training the senses. So you really want to be, keep your eyes locked on that ball. So as it's traveling through space, you are using your eyes and your senses to determine where it is and to catch it. Um, and, and by following those simple rules, you can, you can then do your after test and see if you can move the needle on improving that swing. Um, for someone who's trying to improve balance, you could, you could walk a single file line, heel toe. You could stand on one leg and see what your balance feels like. You know, mm-hmm. you could close your eyes. You know, you could do different things that, that's a before test or or just go for a walk like you normally would and, you know, do your half hour or your hour walk. And then the next day play the rain speed ball before you take your walk and just see what it feels like. See if your stride feels easier. See if you feel like you have a little more awareness of your surroundings visually. Hmm. And it's really just about finding a before and after it's an activity you do. Then you play the ball and you repeat the activity so that you can make the, the, the um, determination if you've made a change. Yeah. It's interesting. You talk about making changes. Like, um, I'm just speaking for golf, but like, it's like for someone like myself, I've been playing for, you know, 20, over 20 years. And it's a little bit, I find it's more difficult as I've gotten older. Cause that, you know, I, I've, I've had a, the same swing for a long time to make those changes. Someone who's 20 years old, who hasn't done much with golf can make changes probably pretty quick and, and have it stick. But for me to change something that I've been doing for 20 years, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult. So, um, I think for most golfers finding a way to make changes, um, in a quicker motion, in a quicker manner, uh, is, is, is like the, one of the, the big, sort of the big puzzles that we all wish we could find, you know? Yeah. And that's really the third rule is that the brain is plastic. That's why it works. So because the brain is plastic and you can change it, certainly when you're younger, you can make big, bigger, faster changes because there's less, there's less data written on the brain. So you can, you can make those changes. Um, However, when you're younger also, um, 
you don't have quite the intention sometimes it's you know right. you have a young athlete and sometimes they're very focused but you don't quite have the same kind of attention um but it all comes down to what's at stake for someone and if you if they're very committed to like doing this because there's a lot at stake for them that's really where it gets fun because it's like okay you need to run faster because you need to win your race well let's make you run faster and we can measure it you know let's run a 40 play the ball run it again i bet you're faster i there's there's only there's only there's only two times where i've seen it, something not improve when the game was too easy or the game was too hard and if it's too easy that means you're never dropping the ball it just feels like I could do this all day. That's too easy. That's not going to help you. If it's too hard, then you're always dropping the ball. You can't track it. It's not working. So you want to play in the sweet spot where you, you drop the ball once in a while. It's challenging. It stays fun. And that's when you get the results. Interesting. And with playing the game, I, I, just from a high level, I know there's a lot of different ways to do it, but you're catching the ball then, and then saying the letter that you see first. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're you're watching the ball fly through the air, and when you catch it, you know maybe you saw the letter before you caught it, but maybe you found it after it kind of got in your hands, and then you say it out loud. So you have the eye tracking piece, and then because you're saying it out loud, you're going through that sense, decide, act cycle that your brain already relies on, but you're just reinforcing it. And of course, you know, saying what you see out loud is one thing, but you can also then make word association. So instead of saying the letter D, you might say Detroit, <laughs> or instead of uh, with the numbers, you might do some addition. So you catch a two, the next thing you catch is a five. So you say seven and you okay. can come up with new, like creative games that way. That creativity is an important part of it. So that it stays fresh. Yeah. And uh, this is, yeah, I would, yeah, I, obviously for kids, um, this is a fun game. Is this, is this something that you've implemented with different schools and stuff? Yeah, we have, uh, there's a fun uh, preschool story. I'll tell you, we have a, a preschool that uses it in the, um, there's a, f a fun activity where they sit in a circle and they put the ball on the ground in the middle and, you know, they don't know their letters and numbers necessarily. And so they'll roll the ball and then they have to stop it, put their finger on a letter or number. And then with the teacher's help, they learn mm. what that is and maybe a word association with it. And what happens is, is it builds a group dynamic because the kids are really curious, like, what'd you get? What'd you get? You know, and they, they kind of track with it. So even if the ball's not coming to the kids, they're tracking it with their eyes across the room mm. in a circle. So and so it's the eye exercises are built in. You, you don't know you're doing an eye exercise. It doesn't feel like mm -hmm. an eye exercise. You're not being instructed on let's do our eye exercises. You know, it's just okay. if you're playing a game with the ball and you, you have a word association or some kind of game that gets you wrapped into it. You don't even realize that you're doing something that's that powerful. Yeah. I think the fact that it's fun is probably the number one thing. Huge. Because Huge. like even for kids and even for myself, like I've never been like a big reader. Um, mm -hmm. like I'll, I'll re I like to read more now than as an adult than I did as a kid. Cause I, I just understand the importance of it, but, <laughs> but I'm sure there's a lot of kids who just don't want to read and don't have the intention span to read. Yeah. Well, a lot of reading complications come from the eyes, not working well together. And, um, when I was, I was telling you earlier about, you know, doing this vision therapy and then having my body improve part of what happened on that trip is that I had, um, I was, I, li I was at that time I was listening to audiobooks because like quote, couldn't read. And I was too ashamed to say that I was listening to audiobooks. And I would say, Oh, I'm reading a book, right? Because mm. that would be socially acceptable at that time. I'd just say, oh, I'm reading a book. And a, a client of mine was like, Oh, that, that's a cool series. And I said, oh, I got to get the next one in the series because I'm going on this trip and I need to have something to, to read while I'm there. 
Of course, I mean, listen, I mean, get the audiobook and listen to it. But I'm saying right. reading it. So the next time she came in, she brought me the next book in the series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, thanks. I was like, oh, okay, now I have to get the audio. I have to listen to the audio and like report back to her. I had this whole like, <laughs> it's like the shame storm came in. I've got, oh, I've got to do this now. Well, on that trip, when I did the eye exercises and had this connection, like, okay, I can read better. I was able to read that whole book on the airplane, which I could never do. It made me sick. I can read the whole book on my airplane trip back to California. And when I got home, I, I told my wife, I'm like, I need to get the rest of the series. And she's like, do you mean the audiobook? And I was like, no, the book. She's like, who are you? And what have you done with my husband? Because you don't read. I'm like, well, I can now. And it was literally an eye exercise that, that opened the door for me. And so for any kids that are struggling with reading, like, this is where it's at. It's because being able to read and remove that frustration is a, is a huge advantage in school. Yeah. Oh my God, for sure. Yeah. And uh, so it can actually not only help you read, but maybe even the speed of, of the way you're reading. Well, yeah, because imagine like, it's really like we, we're used to measuring strength of our muscles and our arms and our legs. And you look at it the same way with your eyes. So the stronger your eyes are, the better you can do all the activities that your eyes are being asked to do, mm. including read fast. Oh. oh, this is great. Um, I'll have to get some for the team. <laughs> I'm just trying yeah. to think if people are going to look at us on the range and we're playing catch with the ball. But good, let yeah. them look because yes, yeah. your scores will get better and theirs won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? And uh, yeah. I feel like it'd be something fun, something different, you know? Because yeah. I feel like that's the one thing to not keep going back to golf. But I think golf can sometimes be boring for kids when it comes to practice, right? Like mm. how can I make this entertaining for kids um, and keep them engaged? Because, you know, I feel like in general t- attention spans have just gone down. And so it's like we do one station to the next and that sort of keeps them engaged. But, you know, this could be something that you could just add in and you do it. Would you say you play for just like a couple minutes and then go back? Yeah. To- one, one to five minutes. That's okay. what you're playing. Yeah. yeah I, I coach volleyball. So I have a, um, a college volleyball team that I coach. And so um, it's a part of their, their practice. It's a part of their warmups and they're just playing for three to five minutes and it's just built into their, their already, already existed activities. You know, it's not, we're not playing for an hour. It's not right. something that really um, becomes like a special activity that replaces something that they miss. It's just included. And, and I help them understand the correlation so that when they're, they're trying to track the ball as it's going back and forth, or they're trying to understand where they are in relationship to the net, that, you know, their eyes play a crucial role in that. So as a result, their hitting gets better. They jump higher. They're faster on their feet. Yeah. And it's interesting. Obviously, this is, this is simply a ball with letters and numbers on it. And what, like, obviously what what made you come up with that like i'm just curious because like you see event inventions you're like yeah that seems so simple but how did they come up with that yeah yeah well um orange is my favorite color and it also happens to be a great contrast with black so it's it really gives you a nice background to see um and some of the the letter number balls that have existed are like white hard plastic hanging from a string um like super uninviting super boring Mm. (laughs) and and uh, it's like, um, like, I don't get it. Like, this isn't fun. Why do I want to do this? And especially when you take you taking kids to, to do these exercises with their doctor, which it's important, but they don't want to do the homework at home because it isn't fun. 
And I've had many kids come in that like they bring their, their homework sheets from their vision therapist um, and it's great exercises and they were given really good information, but none of it's fun. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, let's play a game of catch and get you engaged this way. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. And they're reading better and they're focusing and their anxiety is going down. They can regulate themselves. And, you yeah. know, for, for kids that need support and just self-regulation, playing with this for just a minute against the wall is a huge contributor to self-regulation. Wow. Well, yeah, this is great trend. Is there um, anything else that, you know, I sort of missed or you want to add regarding this? Um, obviously, the uh, we're, the best place to find you is fireupyourbrain.com. Yeah. Yeah. You can read more about, you know, my story, other stories and other videos. We have people that we've, we've helped um, and learn more about, you know, the sort of the story of the ball and how it can help you. And, I, and I've talked about a lot of different stories, but ultimately know that it's a really simple, fun game. That's the bottom line. Like, is this is like, how can we make this really simple and fun so that you want to do it? Because I'm also want to have something that I want to do. I don't want to, I mean, well, we all have activities that we have to do. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't want my brain health to be something I have to do. Right. I want it to be something that I want to do and making it fun. And, you know, for you with your athletes, you know, just playing the game with them gives you the exercise too. So it's something that, you know, by sharing it with people, you know, I, I love seeing like grandkids and grandparents playing together because it's mm-hmm. so good for each of them in such different ways. Um, it's something you can share and it's, it's just making it easy. Yeah. And I'm thinking, um, I just got to make sure my dogs don't get a hold of it. <laughs> dogs do love it. Yeah. We, do, we have had to replace some because of dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because they'd pop that, they would pop that quick. <laughs> yeah, my dog, my dog doesn't pop it, but he chases it. So if we're mm-hmm. playing a game, he runs back and forth chasing it, but he won't bite it. But most dogs, will bite it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, does it come with a pump or like a little? Or if you order no, the ball, okay, it comes with a basketball, like a basketball needle. Okay. Um, so any any pump you have with that okay. uses a needle, um, will work on it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, this is great, Trent. I, I really, um, I never knew about this. I never heard of it, but I love getting different guests on here that can talk about, um, you know, brain health and, and just w- ways that we can, um, you know, help kids and then seniors and athletes. So I really appreciate you coming up, coming on the show and, and sharing this. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And I, I, I would love to, to hear how it goes with your golfers. I think that's a great application. And, and if I can help you with that, I would love to. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, um, yeah, thanks again. And, um, We'll look out for you. Fireupyourbrain.com. Thanks again, Trent. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I understand there are millions of other podcasts out there and you've chosen to listen to mine, and I appreciate that. Check out the show notes at briangrin.com for everything that was mentioned in this episode. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend or family member that's looking to get their body back to what it once was. Thanks again and have a great day. 